Hey, welcome to the Street Shots Photography Podcast. This is Antonio, and this is my dispatches from Greenwood number 14. I'm giving Ward the week off, or two weeks off, or whatever we have. And I mentioned that this is the dispatches from Greenwood right at the beginning, because I know some people... I tend to get a lower amount of people who want to listen to this because you know what's coming. It's <laughs> going to be a more personal uh, podcast today, but um, I did not have the, uh, well, you'll hear why, but I just, the, the energies today are for this week are more uh, introverted, more towards myself about what's going on. So I have some time off. You, you can figure out it's a Friday. Uh, after work, I'm in Greenwood Cemetery, and so rather than skip a week or, you know, do a repeat, I thought I would give an update to what's going on with me. So, you know, with that uh, notification, if anybody wants to turn off, we'll come back in a couple of weeks and we'll see what kind of show we have. Um, but I'm going to continue my dispatches from Greenwood while I'm in Greenwood. So right off the bat, I'm here and uh, testing a new lens as well. I ended up getting, what is this? TT Artisan's 17 millimeter 1.4 for my Fuji systems. Um, yeah, I got, a, I got a discount from work so I felt like buying it and I'm also testing it on a new <laughs> Fuji X-T3 as I bought that a few weeks ago and so I but you know I figure I come come out to Greenwood yeah, it looks like it's about to rain in fact I think it's starting to rain a little bit so I might end up going back in my car yeah it's starting to rain I can feel it here comes the rain all right let's head back to the car <laughs> the uh, the XT3 is water resistant but the TT Artisans is not and I don't feel like getting everything wet but while I'm going back to the car, it's a very funny looking lens. Sort of, it's got a conical part to it. And it's got a very strange diagram of showing all the lens elements on it. It's kind of clever. It looks very, yeah, it's starting to rain. Here we go. <laughs> I gotta get back in the car. It's a very odd looking lens and it's very odd looking on the X-T3 doesn't seem like it should fit it's an old style I don't even say an old style lens I've never seen an old lens that looks like this but it's got an oldness to it and with the modern X-T3 kind of I don't know it doesn't doesn't look like they're the right fit let me get this stuff off not like not, not the microphone off okay so yeah, I just got here and it's raining. And so, oh, 
guess the sound will be better in the car while the rain lets up. There we go. So yeah, I got a XT3. What else did I get? I bought, I don't know, I thought I would be buying more lenses, but what is this one here? Which I thought was kind of cool. Oh, not this one. Excuse me, well, I search for things while I'm talking here. Here we go. So I bought another TT Artisans, the 23 millimeter f1.4 and that's a nicer looking lens it's got these uh it's got the silver band around it with the uh, for focusing and it's a small lens it's a 1.4 and i give credit to tt artisans for making lenses that feel premium and small and they may not have the best optics although actually you know, stuff I've been shooting with this, I've been pretty happy with. And again, you know, you hear from all the YouTubers, it's just, these are lenses that are not meant to be optically perfect. They're more, more character to these lenses. And I'm all about character. So I got now a lot of duplicates. I mean, the 17 millimeter is the equivalent of what? 23 millimeter. So it's a pretty wide lens. Uh, and I don't know, I got, I got a work discount on it. So I thought, all right, well, what the hell? So why am I buying lenses and why did I buy a camera? Because I am needing those hits of dopamine. I'm pretty depressed as it were. So the update, I guess the last update from Greenwood was 13. And I think I said what was going on. But to reiterate, um, my wife has uh, ovarian cancer, and uh, we've been dealing with that for, geez, since the beginning of the pandemic, so for two years now. And it's been uh, a lot of chemotherapy treatments and some surgery and all sorts of stuff. I don't even want to get into it but you might be able to hear the rain now in the car. But in the past week, things have taken a turn. Really isn't just in the last week, but, but we've found out that uh, the chemotherapy that she's doing doesn't work. And so we've decided to stop. And she is um, pretty much now gonna ride it out and she's been declining in the past couple of weeks uh, and we were told that uh, she doesn't have much longer to live and the past week for me has been a lot of I don't know I don't want to describe what it's been a lot of it's been a lot of stress and sadness and um not sure what I'm going to do with myself and how to take care of her. Um, I need to roll down a window here. It's really stuffy in here. Uh, basically, she doesn't 
have more than a couple of months to live. That's what we were told. And when I look at her, I, I don't doubt that. She's in really rough shape. She is uh, weak, having a hard time eating. And I know they say it's not the cancer that kills you, it's all the other symptoms and stuff. And she's had a lot of stuff that we've had to deal with. So, you know, part of me trying to feel better is buying things I can't afford. You know, I mean, the TT artisans, are they're not that expensive, you know. I probably shouldn't be spending money now. I know the, the X-T3, I bought that, and I can't afford that. But I really wanted it. And I wanted it because it made me feel better. Because, really, the past... I mean, it's really been since the beginning of this year. There's been nothing making me feel good. And I'm really, I'm really sad. I can't do anything for her other than try to make her comfortable. I'm her sole caregiver. We don't have any children. So it's just me and her. And uh, I've been getting some support from friends. People have been coming and staying with us for a little while to sort of help out in the house. And it's made a big difference. Um, I'm working more from home, which I'm grateful for, for the place I work. I get to do a lot of remote work. And, and remote work is, is is better for me because in case there's an emergency, and there was an emergency a couple of weeks ago, I was right there and we could drive to the emergency room. Um, even if it means, you know, I have to stop work for that period of time. At least I'm there and I can do that. And, I don't know, um, what does this really have to do with photography? It doesn't really have anything to do with photography. I mean, I'm, a, I'm, I'm not even considering myself a photographer anymore, you know? Uh, certainly next year's taxes are not going to have me uh, writing down a professional photographer. But this whole experience, I know that some people... There are photographers out there who, when life events happen, you know, they're able to pick up the camera and document what's going on in their lives. And that's, you know, in conjunction with the, the people in their lives that they've worked together. And I could never do that. It's just not me. Um, you know, I've taken some pictures of my wife in, in off moments when I saw her sleeping or trying to do something. And it's not to post any place. It's just for my memories, you know, to see her doing things. But it's not for any kind of project or anything. I, um, we've kept this off of social media. I've, and I also told her that I told you guys, that I told the audience. Because I remember saying that I've been being very vague about this. And I didn't want to be vague anymore, you know. I'm not giving her name away, and, you know, maybe those of you who know me know her, and um, I'm trying the best I can, but this is part of my life now, and uh, this it was this podcast, you know. I've been doing the podcast for a long time now, longer, I think, than I've done anything, even like a photography project or something. This is, you know, I, I enjoy doing this and talking about photography. So this is part of my life now. 2009, 2008, 
I got hired by the Brooklyn Botanic Garden to photograph the gardens over the course of a year to do their calendar. And their calendar, and you've heard this, if you've been listening to the show, you've heard this before, but I'm sort of saying this for those who haven't and, and just sort of build up a story here. But yeah, I, I shot for an entire year. And um, some point in the process, they decided that they wanted to give me a show of my work, of the stuff I shot, uh, because it was the 100th anniversary of the Brooklyn Botanic Gardens. And so in conjunction with archival photos that they had from a photographer named Louis Buell, who had photographed the gardens around the time that they opened, um, we did a show of uh, the Botanic Gardens then and now, and uh, I had actually... Um, actually, I knew that. Sorry, I'm I'm getting this little mixed up. I knew we were going to do a show, and uh, or at least no, excuse me. Sorry, I'm, boy, <laughs> this is what happens when your brain is on depression. <laughs> the calendar that I was doing for the Botanic Garden, the 100th anniversary, we were doing a then and now calendar. So I was making photographs of the gardens using Louis Buell's photographs as. Um, I think he originally had glass plates, but I was using scans and prints. I'm using his photographs as references of to where to photograph. And I didn't place my tripod in the same location, actually. It would have been possible because the garden was designed differently. But I set up my camera in places so that you could see the pictures of the place now and compare them to the 100 years previous. So it's uh, 1909, 1908, I think, was when the gardens first opened. And you could see, you know, a resemblance of what was then and what was now. You know, I didn't, again, I didn't want to duplicate. Anyway, so I did this whole thing for the year. And then we were done with the year. They wanted to give me a show. And that allowed me to show more prints than were in the calendar. Obviously, it was only 12 in the calendar. And I think I, I shot a lot. And I think I ended up putting up like 20, I don't know, 20-something images for the show but I also put them up next to Lewis Buell so it was about 40 maybe 50 prints altogether mine and his so I'm bringing this up because this was 2009 and in 2009 um, one day my mom called me this is sort of in uh, I don't know the beginning of August the middle of August she called me and she said that she was in a car accident or she was in a cab accident and she wanted me to photograph her wounds, the wounds that she got so she could sue or, or whatever. And I was sure, okay. And I had, I have just, I may have mentioned this or not, but my mom and I later in life had a just kind of a rough relationship. Um, she lived in Manhattan by herself on a five floor walk up. And uh, she, was, she was a difficult personality. I mean, I'm a difficult personality, too. But the two of us together, it was just really... It was, she was a real piece of work. And she was a character. And, and she was crazy and great. I mean, she was... She brought me up by herself, you know, and encouraged me to be a photographer. And, you know, the one thing she didn't do all the time was... She always liked my work. You know, you might be saying, well, oh, she's being a good mom. But man, I really wished, 
there were times where I wish I wish she just would say, I don't like that picture. Why did you shoot that picture? She would just always say, no matter what I showed her. So I actually stopped showing her work because I didn't get any kind of feedback. I didn't feel real. Anyway, so I go over to her house with my iPhone to, to take pictures of her wounds. And she, you know, she shows me these wounds. And they were not wounds from a car accident. They were blood clots all over her. I'm like, Mom, you've got to go to the doctor. This is this is this is insane she says no 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 it's fine it's fine and so I took the pictures and I gave them to her but I was like this is not you know it was not normal fast forward a few days and I get a call from her uh, I can't remember what we were called but she ended up checking herself in the hospital she fell and this was like a it was like a Friday or something like that it was a Friday and we checked her into the hospital I wasn't there, but she got. She checked herself in the hospital. She had to be taken away, ambulance. And when we got to see her, she was in bad shape. And basically, we found out from the doctor she's got stage four lung cancer. Actually, we didn't find that out initially. Excuse me. Uh, she went in on a Friday. We found that out on like the next Wednesday. Something and she was she was really sick and we found out she was too sick to get chemo, and and that it was terminal. It was terminal and she went in on a Friday. We found this out on a Wednesday. By the way, she found out by herself. The doctors told her while she was alone, which really sucked. Um, nobody should be told that when they're by themselves. So come. Friday, she was in a coma, and then she died Saturday. So within just a little over a week, if you knew my mom, she was like, when she found out that she had cancer, she was like, I'm done. I'm going. Goodbye. That was a whirlwind. Uh, as you can imagine. And this was happening about the same time that I was finishing up the shots at the Brooklyn Botanic Garden. And I had to finish those up. And it came time to, to make the show. I can't remember if it was in November or late October that, that we did the show at the Botanic Gardens. And I realized I'm doing the show and she's not here to see. She never saw this stuff. She never got to see the calendar. She didn't get to see the pictures. She might have seen the calendar. Actually, I'm trying to think of... The calendar probably came out first, yeah. But she never got to see the show. And that was my first... It wasn't a solo show, because I was showing my pictures in conjunction with Louis Buell's, but it was kind of mostly my show. I mean, I put it up with my friend Gene, Gene Mealy, who you've heard on the show. We put it up together. I printed all the pictures. I printed out Louis Buell's. I printed out mine. And, yeah, she wasn't there. And I know she probably would have said, I love this one and love that one. And, you know, I would have just put it down to her. She's just being her, you know. But it was it was a show that I had on my own. Anyway, um, fast-forwarding to now... Uh, I got contacted by photographer um, 
Jamel Shabazz, who, uh, someone I've been wanting to have on this show. It's just a matter of me getting around to it. Photographer in Brooklyn. And he's he's very close with the people at Photoville. So if you don't know what Photoville is, it's an organization, a yearly photo um, uh, festival in New York City and I think now in other places around the world. In New York City, they, they take over... Brooklyn Bridge Park and and the the festival's done all on uh, in shipping containers. <clears throat> and so just about a month ago Jamel contacted me and said uh, that he got asked to curate photographers from Brooklyn, six photographers and and he um told me I was one of the first people he thought of and I was so honored to hear that. And he wants some of my street photography from Brooklyn. And this is going to be a show, part of Photoville. Photoville does this thing called the fence. I don't think I don't know if this is part of the fence, but often just around the time Photoville happens, there are tons of pictures that are printed large and put on fences around Brooklyn and and New York. And uh, this show is going to be in Prospect Park. Prospect Park is Brooklyn's central park. And it's a large park. And I don't know how it's going to be set up, but I imagine it's going to be larger prints, printed, put on something. And I'm with six other photographers, so it's not a it's not a solo show. But it's kind of the first time that I'm having my work seen, my street photography work seen by a, by a larger audience than I think I've had before. Um, and this was to take place in. June, I think, the show's going up. And I mention that because this is another time when, you know, I won't be able to bring my wife to see this show. She is just not, she's not able to be moved. She's home, she can walk around, I mean, we have a wheelchair. Maybe I can, I don't know, I have to see, but but Prospect Park, you can't drive and I can't, I can't bring my car in and, and I don't know where it's taking place and so I imagine that this is something that's I'm going to be doing by myself again. I don't know. I'm you know I'm not saying she's dead and gone yet. Um, and with all hope, she will be around as long as possible. But according to the doctors, it may not be that long. And so I don't know if I'll be able to take her to see this. I'm just kind of feeling sorry for myself because these things that are happening that seem so, you know, amazing. And, you know, this is sort of the second time this has happened. And it's not something that's happening to me. It's just, this is what's happening. I won't be able to share it with someone who I love. At least, I don't know if I will, but I can't imagine that this is going to be something I'm going to be able to do. And so... You know, I have this show coming up, and, and I told Jamel, I was like, it's one of the best bits of news I've had this year that he wants me in the show. Um, and I'm just scared that I won't be able to share it with her. I know how she feels about my photography. I mean, she's <laughs> she's actually said to me that there are pictures that she doesn't like, or why did I take these pictures, or... This picture made her angry that I took a, some candid shot of somebody. 
And you know what? I I love that because that's honest. And I don't think she's always gonna be she's always gonna be honest with me. I know that. And I that's what I love about her is the honesty and she doesn't have to love all my pictures. But she loves that I'm a photographer. She loves that I take pictures. And you know, so anyway, I wanted to mention that just because it's happening and I got a lot of feelings about it. And, you know, I'm sure there's a, but, you know, this is all the things that are happening in your lives too. All the stuff and all the stuff we have to deal with. And I'm not alone in this. Everybody else is going to be going through things like this or whatever it is that's going to make your life difficult. And how do you deal with it? When you want to take pictures. I mean, right now, all I'm doing is I'm just taking pictures of things I see. I don't I was in I was in uh Hudson last week. Uh we were we were basically saying goodbye to some people that we've known for a long time. And uh I had like maybe an hour or two to walk around the town and at the most and you guys know I love Hudson, and it's it's the walking around in the shoes of Walker Evans in a way, the way I like to say that. It's an old town, and I like photographing in his style or using his work as sort of an inspiration to how I want to photograph the town. And I walked around, and I really couldn't shoot anything. I couldn't, I couldn't, it was just, it wasn't, I wasn't thinking about it. And I know, I know sometimes we talked about this, you know, being, taking pictures, walking around with your camera can be a form of therapy. And, and I get that. But, you know, in this case, it's not, it's not working. My, my default status is, is sadness and I know it's really hard to be happy about something it's very hard to be excited about something you know even a new lens and a new camera is is a temporary little hit of fun dopamine whatever you want to call it you know, and of course, you know, maybe at some point in the future I'll have fun with them again. I don't know. But right now it's like I'd give it all up. And this is this makes even no sense saying this because who's going to, you know, there's not going to be some giant hand that's going to come out of the sky and take all my camera equipment and deposit my wife healthy in front of me. That's not going to happen. And yet I still think I would give everything up. So that she would be fine. And even give up being a photographer. And I am. I've given up being a photographer. Right now. I mean I'm a caregiver. And boy I don't know how many of you are doing that. But it's. It's really hard. You know and I have friends who come in. Who can take over for a few hours. And give me some respite. It's like all the makes a difference the whole world but 
I have no excitement about taking pictures or making pictures. And what's funny, and it's, not, it's not even funny, but what's what I'm just noticing now is I, I almost can't even see pictures. You know, I'm, I'm looking around. I'm in one of the most photogenic places I love to go to. And I can't see anything that I want to photograph. I can't, I just can't see it. And it doesn't mean that it's not there. It just means that my eyes are not able to see past my own sadness to be able to look at the world and its beauty right now. Um, so, yeah, this is not a cheerful episode at all. I know so many of you, you know, what does this have to do with photography? It doesn't have to do with any photography. It has to do with me. And... Maybe, you, maybe there are those who resonate with what's going on. And maybe, you know, maybe you have some thoughts about how, how I can get through this, you know. Um, when she's gone, I don't know what I'm going to do. I really don't. I really don't know what I'm going to do. So, I'm sorry for, for, for eh, kind of sorry for laying all this on you guys, but this is me. This is what's going on. This is why I don't really have a new show. I can't, really can't talk about photography with Ward um, today. I don't know if I'll be able to talk in a couple of weeks. We'll see. I mean, this is one of those things. It's such a fluid situation. So, um, I'm going to leave it here. I really appreciate all the support that you guys give by listening to me. You don't have to listen. You can... You don't have to listen to me, but you do. There are so many of you who do. And kind of my obligation to you guys is to be as honest with you about myself as I can. This way you know, you kind of know what you get involved with. But I don't know. I'm going to say if you guys want to reach out to me, you know where to find me on Twitter, like I said, my Instagram is still hacked. It's not being given up, but you know, you can find me on Twitter at uh, AM Rosario. Also, let's see, I'm just going to leave it at that. You know, if you want to reach out to me through direct message or something like that, that'd be great. Um, the last time when my mom was dying, I made a lot of friends on Twitter and was sitting in the hospital with her and tweeting to people and people were reaching out to me and it actually made a big difference which is kind of strange you know in some way but feel free to reach out to me on twitter if you want and um i would love to hear from you guys if anybody wants to say hi so until next time thanks for listening 
Maybe Ward and I will come up with something. Maybe I'll have a good day. I'll have somebody be taking care of Elizabeth, my wife, and allow me some freedom in my in my psyche to think about photography again. So I'll keep my fingers crossed and uh, look to talk to you guys in a couple of weeks. So thanks a lot and take care of yourselves and your loved ones. See ya.